Hi, I'm Talissa. And I'm Rachel, and this is Transatlantic Crime, a true crime podcast that covers stories from each side of the pond. Every week, we will both cover a separate story with a running theme. Disclaimer, this podcast will contain swearing and details that some people may find offensive. If you are of a sensitive disposition, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Transatlantic Crime. Hi. 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 Yeah, you're moving. I'm moving. I had a crazy week with a sick pet. And oh, a- fuck. I forgot about that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It was really stressful for about two and a half days, but now my dog is back to his regular self. You're just a bit lighter in the pocket. <laughs> oh, man. That is so expensive. It's horrific. Cost me uh, about $1,200. Yep. (laughs) And they wanted to do even more. And I was like, no, I can't do that. And I'm really glad I did because he's fine now. But if I had done any more, it was such a like, it it tears at your heartstrings because you're like, I want to make sure my dog is okay. But at the same time. I know. How can you shell out that much money? Have you got pet insurance? No, I don't. Motherfucker! (laughs) (laughs) The pet insurance that I looked into was like, you can use this for one thing. So to me, that's such a hard decision to be like, okay, I'm going to use it for this one thing now when he's three years old or save it for seven years down the line when something worse could happen. That's why I didn't get pet insurance. What? That's so shit. Yeah, maybe I should uh, research more because he is probably going to live another 10 years and maybe it'll be better (laughs) to buy pet insurance than have to worry about a huge price when something happens again. I don't know. Do you have pet insurance? Yeah. Oh, okay. But everybody has pet insurance in England because it's really good. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah. And also you don't pay for health insurance, so you don't have that expense. No. <laughs> yeah, I have pet insurance. It must be different here. And I don't even want to tell you how much it costs and stuff because I think it's just going to really piss you off. What is it, like five pounds a month or something? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. I'm saying that when, like, my dog has no pre-existing condition. Yeah. Tom's got, like, a pug and his pet insurance is, like, 60 quid a month. Oh, wow. But she's had, like, a hysterectomy. So, like, that kind of paid for itself. Yeah. (laughs) She's getting old and there's, like, stuff wrong with her. So, like, it kind of pays for itself. Whereas, like, Arlo's at £5 a month has paid for itself. Because I remember when he ate those geraniums. Yeah. Like... (laughs) That was like a hundred and something quid, but I think I think we pay like a ninety quid excess anyway. So whatever happens to him, it's ninety pound excess. Yeah, that's your cap. But yeah, but it's also like um, life insurance. Like if he dies, they just give us a hundred and fifty quid. Oh, <laughs> I'm just like I guess what that's the nice. Fuck? Worst life insurance ever. <laughs> yeah, sorry for your loss. Here's for the crematory process. <laughs> If that dog dies, it's getting buried in a field around here somewhere. Uh, Like, I'm not paying for him to be cremated. You can fuck off. (laughs) I don't think I could do that, though. 
I don't think I could... We buried Carly's rabbit in a field around here. Does that look yeah, kind of the same? a random <laughs> place some in some field somewhere. Unless I lived in a house that I was going to live in for the next 20 years, I wouldn't bury my dog anywhere. <laughs> what, because so you're afraid someone's going to dig up a dog skull? Or you'd have to that? have your dog's grave in your garden? Yeah, or I, I would just want to know where my dog was. Am I really heartless? <laughs> figure it out just bury it in a field somewhere who cares where but I'm it is say, but i'm like the same about myself like everyone's like oh what do you want to do for your funeral and i'm just like just cut all the good bits and chuck me in a skip like it doesn't matter i'm that, dead that's how i feel about myself <laughs> yeah throw me in the ocean i don't care but for yeah. my dog <laughs> for my dog i'm the same i'm like see you later dude it's no. been it's been emotional oh no <laughs> that's so sad listeners tell us what you would do with your pets <laughs> If you're a monster like Talissa, right in. <laughs> or... <laughs> yeah, so that's been my week. I've had to think about those kinds of things and being terrified that I would have to worry about something like that. Okay. Um, also, have you been watching Inventing Anna? I haven't. No, I have actually started watching The Dropout. I am obsessed with her. Yes. I'm obsessed. So yes. Elizabeth Holmes. Yes. Yeah. She ran a company called Theranos. Uh, well, she started a company called Theranos and yeah. she got loads of investment from like basically old men who were pervs. All the investors were men. I don't know. The, the show does kind of give the fact that she was very passionate about what she was doing. And that did come across to the people that she was investing, that she was convincing to invest in her company. Yeah. She is a fucking liar, though. She did lie, yes. But she... You, <laughs> the, fully. The, you should just watch the show because they present her as, like, somebody so desperate to I'd love to see how success. they... Yeah. I'm obsessed with the podcast, The Dropout. Mm-hmm. There's another podcast called Bad Blood, which is also yes. about her. So yeah. she's basically, like, um, in the Silicon Valley, she, she does a startup where she says... She can invent a blood test where it takes just a drop of blood to do like 200 tests, which is impossible now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's Crazy. like, I've found a way to make it possible. And everyone's like, oh my God. Like, right. and she used to go to Harvard and then she dropped out. So everyone's like, oh my God, she's amazing. Like, and one of the things is she used to speak completely normally. Yeah. And then, then she put like a Steve Jobs, like black jumper on. Yeah. And then she starts just speaking like this and being like, hey, I'm the CEO of Theranos. <laughs> yeah, she just goes like five octaves lower than what her normal yeah. voice is. The show goes into that. They show that process. They've only released three episodes so far, but they've showed the process of like oh. how she gets to that black sweater, turtleneck, yeah, uh, low-voiced woman that we all know her as. I yeah. would definitely recommend it. And uh, Amanda Seyfried, she's so good. She's really good. Yeah. Isn't she the girl from Mean Girls? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who says that her boobs can tell if it's going to rain? <laughs> yes, that is her. She's done a lot that's since her. then. But yeah, that, I that's I haven't her. seen her in anything else. You never saw Mamma Mia? Oh, yeah. I don't really like musicals that much. Okay. But... Well, she's in that, too. Yeah. That, that was huge. That okay. made a lot of money. Yeah. She must be a rich woman. Yeah. Unlike Elizabeth Holmes, who yeah. is maybe in jail now. I don't know if she is yet. She's being sentenced, uh, right? Yeah, she 
the last podcast episode that I listened to about it, I can't remember which podcast it was because I've listened to all of them about Elizabeth Holmes. She was pregnant. Yeah, I love her. And she was, uh, I believe, convincing the trial or the jury or whoever, the court, that she was forced to do these things and... Yeah, by Sunny, who was her business partner. Right. And she was using her pregnancy as like a way of making her look more wholesome and motherly and innocent. Why would you take a mother away? Why would you take a child? I can't speak tonight. I feel like there's something wrong with my brain lately. Honestly, I'm genuinely scared. (laughs) Oh, you got to get on that trivia. You got to... Fuck. (laughs) Oh my God. So, you know... um. Wordle, like everyone loves Wordle. Mm-hmm. I've just seen one of those one of these things, right? That makes me feel fucking sick. So it's like, you know, when everyone's like, some people did those Scrabble tiles that were like, Mummy, Daddy, Little Luke, and like, yeah, Jane or whatever <laughs> coming off okay. it. Some <laughs> Tom showed me today, and I was like, oh my god, that is one of the worst things I've ever seen. And it was like someone had printed out a Wordle. But, like, all the guesses were, like, I can't think of five-letter words. Like, so excuse me if these aren't five-letter words. But it was, like, <laughs> the the right word was mummy. Okay. And then above that, it was, like, powerful, strong, oh, loving. Like, no. all this stuff. And I was, like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> Wait, is it Mother's Day in the UK? In a couple of weeks, yeah. Right, okay. I keep seeing mom stuff, and I'm, like... Oh yeah, it's Mother's Day soon in the UK and Ireland, but not here because yeah. we have it in May. But it's really weird. So I was just thinking, loads of mums are going to get that, and they're like, how do you not rip your own skin off when you see that? I don't know how you Some look at it. Some people like it, Talissa. And don't people... stab your eyes out with a pencil. <laughs> the same people who enjoy that are the same people who put up posters that say "Live, Laugh, Love." Yeah, it's the Live, Laugh, Love crew. I get it. But <laughs> it's just like, it's nothing sacred. Like, Wordle was cool and now it's ruined <laughs> by was fucking it, mum's net. Was it cool? <laughs> I don't know. Was it? It was cool for like five minutes and then the fucking New York Times bought it. I saw a tweet that said, it took World War Three to get people to stop talking about Wordle. I want to go back to Wordle. <laughs> like... Also, the other day, like, somebody was going, this is literally, like, the day after they announced the war on the Ukraine. Yeah. Somebody was like, yo, sushi has gone way downhill. So sad about this. Like, can't believe it. Like, I'll never go there again. And people are, like, cry reacting to it on Facebook. And I was like, who are you? Was it someone you knew? Wasn't anyone I know, mate. They would have been blocked. (laughs) Of all the places, yeah, also, sorry that the restaurant that you can afford to go to and are alive to go to and are able-bodied to go to, and yeah. like, oh, fuck you. Uh, that kind of is a good segue into what our theme <laughs> is this week. Speaking of sushi, <laughs> what? And the region that we are talking about. I, I see, I see, I fucking hope we have another same one again. No, we haven't ever done it before. But I hope we haven't done the same one. I hope I'm, I just I get like a panic about it every week that we've done the same one. I did too, and we we could have communicated about it, but we didn't. But I don't like doing that because then I think it'll ruin it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If I think if we had just told each other what countries we were doing, then 
it would have been okay. Okay. What country are you doing? Indonesia. We're good. We're 100% good. (laughs) All right. Breathe a sigh of relief. Phew. All right. Should we get into it then? I think I'm first. Yeah. All right. Because of the craziness of this week, I did a very short story, but it's short. (laughs) I will be reading straight from Wikipedia (laughs) and you're going to like it. (laughs) I didn't, I really try hard not to do that. And I really tried to write it in my own words. But just as a warning, again, I know last week my story was gruesome. This one is gruesome as well. I've just eaten duck. (laughs) What's going to happen? Duck. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. I got this like green chef box that don't sponsor us, by the way. And it's all like (laughs) keto diet. So there's a lot of duck in it for some reason. Wow. Which is delicious, but. I feel a bit cruel eating it because they're all very cute, but... Ducks are everywhere, though. It's not like we have a shortage of ducks. It is a bit like eating rats. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that to me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's just move on. Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. Ahmad Siraji was born on January 10th, 1949, Although I read another article that said he was born on December 12th, 1952. So let's just say he was born in the early 50s between 1949 and 1952. Fine with me. Yeah. Uh, He was born in Medan, the capital and largest city of Indonesia's North Sumatra province. His father was a self-proclaimed sorcerer shaman and he was well known in their community He earned praise and respect for resolving issues within the community where seeing a shaman or mystic was a regular way of living. And a couple of articles that I read said that that's pretty normal in Indonesia to go to a shaman or a mystic Mm -hmm. rather than sometimes even going to the doctor. So you would go for health reasons, you'd go for psychological reasons you would go for like emotional reasons. divination like if they want if you want to know what your future is kind of thing yeah or not even that like more like oh i'm having problems with my love life will you help me or i'm probably yeah. having problems with my stomach will you help me all round fixer yes so siraji on the other hand even though his father was really popular his parents were really busy because they were so popular, so he was often left to his own devices, and he was seen as, in quotes, different. As a child, Mm. he had trouble making friends, and he was seen as a loner. He fell into petty crimes and as a teen until he was 19 when he first went to prison and served 10 years for cattle theft and public violence. Straight off the bat, he was weird. He got into petty crime. I think we've heard that story before. Yeah, I mean, like, in the 50s, different means maniac. So, yeah. <laughs> let's oh. do a bit of translating. D- different is a very large umbrella in the 50s. <laughs> you could be a maniac. What are we talking? Or you could just be really good at math. What are we talking? Different gay, different autistic, <laughs> different stabs people. What, what could you narrow this down yeah. to me, like, yeah. a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Loner, too many friends. What could it be? Kills cats. Really good at counting cards. What we're talking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he went to prison for 10 years when he was 19. He got out, and within the first two years, he stole some cattle again, and then he went back. And then, when he was released officially, he was determined to change his image and bad reputation. 
he's set to learn from his shaman father. So he began his journey into becoming a Dunkin, a D-U-N-K-U-N or D-U-N-K-A-N, which is a class of shaman who have the reputation of being in possession of supernatural powers. So that's what his dad was. And he wanted to be like that, too. He saw his dad being really respected and trusted. So he started learning his ways. It is not known what year his father died, but Siraji claimed to be able to speak to his father even after death. He soon became revered in the community, and he was regarded as Datuk Marinji. People believed that he could move clouds and heal the sick. I don't know what he was doing to convince you. I could convince you I could move clouds. (laughs) I don't think I convinced you I could heal the sick. Well, I could be like, look at that cloud. I'm going to make it move to the check the wind direction. Yeah. Lick the finger. (laughs) Left. (laughs) By 12 p.m. today, it will be over there. Just watch it. Checking the weather report. (laughs) Yeah. And healing the sick, I mean, sometimes you could... For people who don't know anything about their bodies and then going to a shaman and him being like, oh, yeah, just drink this ginger tea and you won't have a stomach ache anymore. Yeah, but calling it magic tea, being like, I invented this or I I've created put a spell this, on it. Or, yeah, yeah. I, I created this in the moonlight of the third day of the month. Oh, God, that was quite convincing, Rach. <laughs> I can do this. Tell me more. Yeah. (laughs) Although, just to say, like, there are real shamans and there are, you know, there are people who take this very seriously. So it just sounds like he didn't. He was completely Spirituality is a spectrum. Yes. So he was popular with women who wanted to maintain their beauty and find love and with people who were looking to find good fortune and health in their lives. So I guess he was successful in some cases that made him a little bit more respected by the mid 1980s Siraji's had changed his image from petty thief and violent drunk to a respected and trusted healer within the community so that was the mid 1980s and we're going to go ahead to may 1997 Siraji and by then his three wives he had three wives and they were all sisters uh they got arrested They were arrested on suspicion of murder in May 1997. So we are going to discuss what happened. On April 24th, 1997, 21-year-old Sri Kamala Dewey asked a 15-year-old rickshaw puller named Andreas to take her to see Siraji. She asked Andreas to keep it a secret. It was late at night. She wanted to go see the shaman. He asked her Mm -hmm. why, and... She was like, don't be so nosy. I just want to go see the shaman. 21-year-old young woman. And then Women's she, problems. Possibly. <laughs> scare him off with women's problems, whatever <laughs> yeah. it is. <laughs> could have been love. Could have been something money. to do with her body. Could have been money. Yeah. So then she asked Andreas to pick her up from the shaman. However, she never showed up to be picked up. Andreas went to her father to tell him that his daughter had gone to see the shaman and hadn't shown up. So Dewey's father reported her missing to the police. That was on April 24th. 
So the police are, they started looking for her. Andreas, the rickshaw puller, he didn't tell the police this. And I don't think the father did either. He just reported her missing. So three days later, a young farmer had gone into the sugarcane fields to feed his livestock. And that sugarcane field was neighboring to Siraji's field. Okay. The young farmer came across an unusual mound of dirt. Alarmed, he quickly informed his village head, Sujito, of his discovery. Sujito went with him and took a few men to inspect the mound. (laughs) This is so weird. They stuck a piece of wood into it, and then they were met with a rancid stench of decay. That's kind of like... Have you not seen that on police searches where they do that? No, I haven't. So when they've got like a cadaver dog... Yeah. Like they'll sometimes stick a stick in the ground, like as far as it'll go, because if there's anything buried, the dog will be able to smell it easier. Oh. Not that that has really that much to do with this, but it, I guess it, they maybe just didn't want to touch it with their hands. Like they It were just sounds like, like it was, yeah. It's quite a teenage boy approach, though, isn't it? I to agree. A problem. Poke it, it with a stick. Aren't you going <laughs> to mess up the crime scene if it's something bad? I don't know. This is, yeah, it is weird to just poke something with a stick and hope for the best, but right. hey, I wasn't there. <laughs> I don't know. I guess what else are you going to do? You don't have much <laughs> I mean, choice. I think, like, when you grab the head of the village, you expect like a bit more of a grand, like, yeah. you're like, he'll know what to do. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and he's like, get the stick. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's like, I could have done that. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were going to do something impressive, right? Or like solve my problem. Yeah, he must have had a, the young farmer must have had a weird feeling though to be like this is this doesn't seem right. Maybe it's one of those things where everyone knows it's a body, but you're like, oh fuck, yeah. I don't want to be the one to touch it. Yeah. Like I don't want to be the one to do it. Oh, I'm going to grab the village head. He can deal with yeah. this. It's like grabbing the manager yeah. to deal with a crappy really- customer. It really is. So, Sujito immediately alerted the military, who in return told Sujito to start digging to see what was beneath the mound of dirt. I think we all know. Yeah. Six men, which included Saraji, who was... Obviously, he noticed all this commotion going on on his land, or kind of on his land. He went out and volunteered to help in the discovery of what the mound was. Insert yourself into the investigation. That's on the bingo card. Yep. Yeah. So two hours later, they discovered a body. Naked and bloated, the putrefied body of a young woman was removed from the muddy grave. It was Sri Kamala Dewey. Two hours? Yeah, it took them two hours to dig her up. Oh, God. Yeah. She must have been down there pretty far, but if it was only three days later, it would have been pretty fresh dirt. So I can't imagine it was like stuck in there. I've discussed this with you before and I'll say it again. Digging a fucking grave is so difficult. Back to the rabbit. When me and Carly buried that rabbit, fuck me. I I was like digging in frozen dirt, but it's so difficult. You get like barely anything on the spade. It's just slow. It's just yeah. a really slow way of doing things. You were in England where it's cold and rainy and wet. And this is yeah. Indonesia where it's warm and it's farmland. And yeah, to be fair, Indonesian dirt would be pretty easy to dig, maybe. Yeah. Two hours is probably enough to dig yeah. a 
proper grave for a whole person. And one handed. Probably not one handed. Remember, he had three wives. What are they doing? Ooh. Is that a little hint? (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Although I couldn't really find much info on them other than what I will say later. Okay. So. The 15-year-old rickshaw puller Andreas told authorities that Dewey had asked him to take her to the shaman, and so Siraji was arrested on May 2nd, 1997. He immediately confessed, going as far as confessing to the murders of 16 women over the past five years. Jesus Christ, mate! Yeah. However... A search of his property revealed clothes and watches belonging to 25 missing women. Whoa! Under Why further, is no one looking for them? Um, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. Okay. But it's, it's basically spanning over 11 years. Wow. Okay. So if you think about it, potentially 25 women over the span of 11 years, that's like two women- or more yeah. gone missing, which you can. And it's ninety-seven. Hide. Even in the most techie of places, no one's really got a mobile phone, right? So you're writing letters. And again, I, w- I would imagine that there's a similar mentality of, oh, they're young women; they just ran away, or they had trouble with love, and they had to get out got, of here. Got pregnant and had to go. Yeah. Under further questioning, he confessed to have killed. 42 women over the period of 11 years. Siraji's three wives were also arrested for helping commit these murders and to hide the corpses. Oh my god! Yeah. Siraji explained in his confession to police that in 1986, Siraji had a dream. He claimed that the ghost of his dead father told him that he needed to obtain, in quotes, this is gross, the saliva. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but whatever you're about to say, fuck you. Like, not you personally, but like, whatever made up bullshit story he is about to come up with. And it, it purely is bullshit because he says this, but then he says something else later on. Okay. He claimed that the ghost of his dead father told him that he needed to obtain, in quotes, the saliva of 70 dead young women in order to attain invincibility. He needed to do this to continue serving his community as the most powerful shaman and healer. So he was doing it all for his, in quotes, superpowers. I've got a solution. Go to the morgue. Go to the morgue on a busy day. Just be scraping out mouths. There's just easier ways. Yeah. There's easier ways to do all this stuff. (laughs) Excuse me, did Uh, your grandma just die? Yeah. Can I get a swab? Yeah. Do you mind if... Yeah. Just go every day. Should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there was probably something to do with it being fresh. I'm poking holes in his logic. Left, right, and yes. center here. Yeah. <laughs> and so he began to lure his clients into his strange rituals. When a young female client would come to him for help, he would charge them according to their needs. So he was taking their money, first mm. of all. The price was Brilliant. usually between 200 and $400. Um, what? That's what one article said. I don't know if they were comparing it to American money, like the uh, exchange rate, or... They must have been. If it was 200 Indonesian money. Because I think money? in Indonesia they have... Do they have rupees? Rupiah? Rup- Rupiah. R-U-P-I-A-H. 
So yeah, I, yeah, I guess it is rupees. So I don't know if like two hundred to four hundred rupees is is that's what it was saying. So he was taking that a couple hundred from them. After that, he would take them to a sugarcane plantation near his home and bury them live. They were willing, <gasps> willingly doing this because they thought it was part of the ritual. Oh, fuck. He would bury them up to their waist. And then once in the ground and unable to move, he would take a cord and strangle them. Oh, my God. That's so fucking cowardly. Completely. And that's what several articles said it was like once they were in the ground and unable to get away or do anything then what a ruse like yeah take your money that's such a long con it is hey i just feel bad for them too it's like they're believing yeah that he's helping them yeah so okay it, it it gets gross oh he would strangle them they would die then he would drink their saliva he would oh god I'm sorry. Every week, Rach. <laughs> Next Every week, week recently. <laughs> I'll do something different, I promise. Uh, he undressed their corpses and then he would rebury them with their heads pointing to his home so to enhance his magical powers. So... Ooh, that's a bit Ed Kemper. Yes. Oh. He continued this practice over the next 11 years. So from 1986, when he stated that he had this dream from his dad until 1997, when there was a dry spell of female customers, Siraji would search for sex workers, convincing them to stop by his home and help him perform a strange ritual. And that could probably explain the reason why they didn't notice that 40 people had gone missing because that's yeah. really, they probably weren't looking for the sex workers. Right. That's very true. So that's what he confessed to police. They continued to search his home and the grounds and the land. Police unearthed 40 corpses on the plantation. Victims ranging in age from 12 to 30 years old. (gasps) And while 80 local families had reported missing female family members during the span of uh, his killing rampage... He and his three wives were only charged with 42 counts of murder. His wife was charged as well with 42 counts of murder. Also in Indonesia, they do have the death penalty. They fucking do. They'll kill you for doing drugs. Yeah. Yeah, don't fuck around. (laughs) Um, So in his testimony, where more than 100 people had packed into the small courtroom... While as many followed the proceedings outside on a television screen, Siraji said that he was never ordered by his father to kill, but admitted that he had killed those women to achieve his target of sucking the saliva of 70 dead women sooner. Oh my god. Yeah. Also, women, they're 12. I don't know what, like, he counts as a woman, but, like, a 12-year-old that you have, like, Made it impossible to even fight you. Yeah. And have lured into your fucking den of iniquity. They're not women. Like, you're gross. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The court presented his confession that he had stated to police earlier in the few months before, where he had also said that murder was, in quotes, an easy way to make money. He said, if I just robbed people, I could get shot or put in jail. But this way, people came to me. I took their money, then I killed them. That's what he said in one of his confessions to the police, and they brought that to court 
and used it as like a point of like, you're not innocent, even though he said he was innocent. Okay, well, my argument is if you're if you're the fucking spin doctor or whatever that you say, not spin doctor, what is he? Shaman. Shaman. That you say you are. Yes. Spin doctor. What am I fucking on? Um, if you're a shaman, then surely they're better to you alive. Because every single ailment they get, they're going to come to you again. True. Yeah. So, like, why are you killing your customers? Probably like- because he didn't believe... I'm just going to take a guess... He didn't believe that he was an actual shaman. He had so he was a criminal. Be like, this is bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> he was a they'd criminal. They'd be like, "You can't fix shit." Right. <laughs> That's so true. And you're like, creepy. <laughs> you're creepy. You used to steal cattle. I know who you were before you did this. Yeah, maybe they only went to him because the other guy was busy, and then <laughs> never came back. Yeah, and I can totally see them. Maybe they were repeat customers and they were like, hey, what you did for me before didn't work. And he was like, uh, oh, yeah, let's maybe. try let's try this new ritual. It's it's even more Yeah, intense. now it's time to get rid. Yeah. Yeah. So he maintained that he was innocent, but the 363-page charge against him prevailed. On April 27, 1998, Siraji was convicted and sentenced to death by firing squad. Oof. That is a cheeky one that we haven't had in a while. It's a little scary. That's your preferred method, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Although, if now that I think of it... I thought that was pretty ballsy <laughs> as a I choice. Mean... <laughs> they do give you a fag, though. <laughs> and a blindfold. Yeah, you can't do that with a injection you get to smoke or an electric have a chair. Yeah. You can't, have a, you can't have a puff on the electric chair. <laughs> <laughs> or on the gurney. That's yeah. just completely medical. Firing squad, at least you'll look cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was my original idea. That's the coolest looking one, but... You just want to look cool. <laughs> yeah. There's so many things that could go wrong, though. Like, you could get shot in the wrong spot and live. Oh, You dude. could <laughs> shit your pants. You could... <laughs> Look, every method, you're going to shit your pants. Let's just put that out there. (laughs) That's a given. (laughs) To me, though, it it seems like it would be really quick, like faster than the electric chair and faster than lethal injection, even. I've never been shot, so I don't know. Uh, There were cheers from a large crowd in the courtroom as the verdict was read out. Siraji did not seem bothered by the conviction, focusing more on the fact that he did not reach his target of 70 women. He literally said to uh, some reporters, he was like, the target was 70. You're a fucking cunt. I'm glad you're getting shot. Yeah. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) His wife, Tumini, was also convicted and sentenced to life imprisonment. Some argued that his wives were under his spell as his accomplices, though. And so Tumini had her sentence reduced to life imprisonment. And there was a little bit of confusion on this. I've, I've looked at so many different articles for this. And this is the reason why it was taking me so long to finish the story. It was because I oh, couldn't... Don't worry about the details, Rach. People don't care. They just I tune care. in to hear about when we shit ourselves. <laughs> I care. But it said that her sentence was later reduced to life imprisonment, but... Then it was changed back to a death sentence. And then his two other wives, they had been charged, but they ran away. They were never seen again. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's why no one's being like, looked for in this fucking village. Because <laughs> your answer to your problem is fucking cheese it. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here quick. Yeah. Stole a cow? Get out of here. Got pregnant? Get yeah. out of here. Um, Kill so- 40 people? Run. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, accomplice in murder, run. Yeah. So although Siraji's lawyers attempted to appeal his conviction, Siraji, 10 years after the conviction, was executed by firing squad on the 10th of July, 2008, with Tamini alongside him. Oh my god, they did a double. Yeah. People in Siraji's village said at the time that the allegations about him have put them off from seeing mystics and that they will now stay clear of traditional sorcery. As one of Siraji's neighbors says, they feel betrayed by a man who was once a respected member of the community. And that is the story of Ahmad Siraji. That was so good. Thanks. That is such Short. an interesting story. Short and it's gruesome. Not that short. Could have done without the sucking out spit thing. I'm like sorry. anything spitty makes me feel a bit gross. But again, like, details. Details. But um, yeah, it's like forty fucking women, or more. Jesus, that's like yeah. How how many did Gary Ridgway kill? Like eighty? Tim? Uh, t- oh, do you know I was about to say fucking Tim Burton? How? Why am I like? incriminating tim burton i, <laughs> I meant know. ted bundy rachel i'm gonna i feel like one of those people like you know when they say to people with alzheimer's try and draw a clock and they can't yeah. draw a clock face yes. i feel like that is what is happening to me at the moment I know that's how i felt the few weeks after i had covid i was just forgetting people's names i was forgetting times of things i was there were so many yeah. details that i was just weren't in my brain and it was embarrassing and frustrating yeah i'm embarrassed that i just said tim burton instead of ted bundy i mean i get how i got there but i'm telling you talissa you gotta read and do trivia and like (laughs) not drink for a week that's what i did i had a baileys yesterday is that why this is happening to me oh no (laughs) yeah oh my god i had a baileys with hot chocolate to, uh, Tom's mum bought it for me for Christmas and I put marshmallows in it Yum. and then Arlo wanted a marshmallow and I gave it to him <laughs> I was stroking his fur today and it's got like tacky marshmallow all jammed oh, in no. it <laughs> and it's gone like as hard as super glue and I was like oh god <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut that whole chunk off <laughs> oh it's like a small child getting gum in their hair <laughs> It is like he's got fucking gum in his hair. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's totally my fault. Yeah, it was good. We were watching, um, we went into a bit of a Guy Ritchie hole. We were watching oh, nice. Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels and yeah. um, Snatch, which, fun bit of trivia. Yeah. Do you know who is, do you know who is in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? Um, Sting. Was he? I didn't even let you guess. <laughs> Sting. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that. Sting is the like the guy who makes the bet in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, like the really good looking one. Oh. His dad is Sting that owns the bar. I was like, Tom, that's Sting. He was like, no, it isn't. I was like, fucking is. And I had to look it up and like prove it, but it is. And also, if you like Red Dwarf, Cat yeah. from Red Dwarf is uh, behind the bar. I don't know. Danny I, Jules. I don't know who he's that called. is. That's for the English people out there who yeah. watch Red Dwarf, which is 
the nerdiest program ever. They used to show Red Dwarf on PBS here for our American listeners. Did they? Yes. It was on like I'd love very to late know. at night. I'd love to know if there's any American fans of Red Dwarf. I only know it because of that. Because of PBS and me staying up okay. late and catching it. But that was when I was like 10 or 12. So I have no, I don't know it's anything about the show. It's a little bit rude, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, You feel like you shouldn't be watching it. Like it's got like some adult humor in it. Like kind of Which thing. is totally the, the MO of like late night PBS. Like, ooh, it's a little <laughs> bit rude. That's like Channel 5 in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> like Stephen Merchant um, on the Ricky Gervais show makes a joke that like that's that late night Channel Five films is always like an erotic thriller called Illegal Briefs about like <laughs> a woman who like is a lawyer and she has to get a murderer off, but like they end up banging and like <laughs> stuff like that. Well, PBS isn't that their idea of something like rude and edgy is like at most Red Dwarf. Oh, well, I, yeah, I love that show. Uh, my dad used to watch it. We used to watch it with my dad on a Sunday because he was hungover. And my mum was like, did you do anything today? And we were like, watch Red Dwarf. And my dad taught me how to roll a cigarette. And she was like, that's great. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful parenting. She was like, fantastic. <laughs> Same time next week, Brian. <laughs> okay, Aww. right. So... We are memories. So we didn't do, like today on the way back, me and Tom went to a car boot sale today. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we've discussed car boot sales, haven't we? We have, yeah. It's like, a, it's like a yard sale, but loads of people in England go to them. And I got a sewing box, which is really cool, like a vintage sewing box. Yeah, I saw that. It does look cool. It looks very vintagey. It was only a tenner, which is super cheap. It should have been about 40 quid. It's beautifully made. When you posted that, I was like, ooh, 10 bucks at a car boot sale. That's pushing it. It is. Do you know what that is? That yeah. is not car boot sale money. No. Like, that should be a, that should be fiver tops, really. But <laughs> it's a Bristol car down? boot sale. No, because as soon as she said 10, I just ripped her arm off because I knew how much it was worth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If I was to resell it, like, it would be worth about 40 quid. But I'm going to use it because I really, really like it. But anyway, on the way back, Tom was smoking... <laughs> a cigarette in the front of the car the smoke was going back in my face and oh, I was like no. Tom can you open the window um, of your car a bit because I'm getting like flashbacks of being in my dad's car when I was eight <laughs> he was like Aww. yeah <laughs> oh god memories, memories. <laughs> it's funny as an adult what things trigger your like really weird kind of traumatic Memories of a child when you were a child. <laughs> Definitely unhealthy <And> <laughs> things that have happened. Uh, yeah, like what did you do today? Did you go to the park? Did you go to the zoo? Nah, just sort of um watched Alien and um <laughs> rolled Dad twenty fags. <laughs> ate a bunch of chips. You're eight years that old. Was it? Yep. Yep. <laughs> ate a that pot was dinner. Ate a pot noodle and watched season five of Black Adder. Oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway, right, enough about my horrific childhood. Right, so, not horrific, just a bit neglected. You're fine now. So, You're good now. Yeah, although I had therapy on uh, <laughs> therapy last Wednesday. Oh, nice. And, um, oh, it's so good. We'll talk yeah. about that in a bit. Anyway, I'll get this fucking story out. Okay. Right, so, my story is about the, I'm going to try and pronounce all of these things right, I'm going to try my best. 
Akihabara Massacre. Okay. So, this is in Japan, okay? Mm -hmm. Have you heard of it? Have I heard of Japan? Yes. No! Uh, Shut no, up! Uh, I'm ruining glad. my story. <laughs> and I almost, I almost did Japan as my story. I almost did a story from Japan. So I'm glad that I changed it. Okay, good. So in 2008 at 12:33 p.m. on Sunday, the 8th of June, in the Akihabara shopping region in Tokyo, Japan, a two-ton truck plowed into a crowd in the popular shopping district. So it was famous for electronics, comics and games, and it was extremely crowded on that Sunday morning. This happened on the crossing of Kanda Mayajindori, which was open to traffic that day, and Chowdhury Street, which was pedestrianised as it always was on a Sunday. So it's like a crossroads. Mm -hmm. But um, they block off one way, so it can only be people. Right. So he basically, the truck hit five people because it ran a red light. He wasn't supposed to, there was supposed to be no traffic at all, basically. Yeah. Shocked onlookers ran to help the injured. And then the driver got out of the cab and started stabbing at the shoppers. Oh my gosh. He's, yeah. So he stabbed at least 12 people while screaming. <gasps> Police started terrifying. to chase. Yeah. Police, this is how fucking efficient though. The police started to chase him and cornered him in an alley. He was held at gunpoint and told to drop the knife. This attack started at 12.33 and at 12.35 they had him pinned down on the floor. Wow. Good job. Yep. So efficient. Yep. They do not fuck around. <laughs> so just two minutes later and about 600 feet away from the truck, he surrendered because he was pinned to the floor. Okay. Then 17 ambulances arrived. Wow. It's because they have so little crime. Yeah, they're ready. So it was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, no one's busy sorting out a crime elsewhere. <laughs> um, so 17 ambulances arrived very quickly at the scene and tried to keep anyone that they could alive. Five of the people went into cardiac arrest at the scene. And whilst initially it was thought that just two people had died, as the day went on, more people succumbed to their injuries and the death toll ran to seven. Wow. So after the autopsies, it became clear that three victims died by being hit by the truck and then four were fatally stabbed. The people that died that day were Kazunori Fujino and his friend Takahiro Kamaguchi, who were both 19. Aww. Katsuhiko Nakamura, who was 74. Wow. Naoki Miyamoto, who was 31. And Mitsura Masui. 33, and Kasahiro Kiowa, who was 47, and they were all men. Mm. And then there was one woman that died who was called Mei Muto, and she was 21. Oh. So the victims ranged in age from 19 to 74. Yeah. The man the police had cornered after he murdered seven people was 25-year-old Tomohiro Kato. So a bit about him. He grew up in a suburban home in Honshu, which is the main large island of Japan. Mm -hmm. And he was born on the 28th of September, 1982. He got fantastic grades and was brilliant at track running. His dad worked in finance and earned really good money. And this meant that Kato went to pre prestigious schools and was president of the tennis club in middle school. Wow. But things started to go downhill when he started high school and he became violent at home. 
What he happened? Was, what he happened just in your life? Testosterone, I think. Also, this yeah, he, his parents weren't very nice to him. Um, oh. He was uh, he was unpopular at school, and his grades then dropped dramatically. He grew to hate his parents as they pressured him to do better at school. Once, when his homework wasn't done to the standard that they wanted, they made him eat scraps of food from the floor as a punishment. <gasps> no, and I know, and then that's really fucking humiliating. Yeah. And then neighbours also also reported seeing him stood outside for hours in the bitter cold as another way of reprimanding him. Oh, man. So basically, as soon as he started to get bad at school, they were like, we fucking hate you. And yeah. then obviously that just made it worse. So, so intense for a teenager. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember my parents ever checking my homework. Really? Did yours? I, oh, my gosh. My parents Really? Were, it was stressful. Yes. Wow. I never it knew was, that. Yeah. It was like, oh, I got a B. Why didn't you get an A? <gasps> That's so fucking shit. <laughs> I know. And, and like, I was terrible in math, but it, it, there was such stress for me to be good at it and be good at everything. And, uh. Oh my God. Your parents had nine kids as well. Like, how the fuck do they keep tabs on you? Well, they did. I was Jeez. the oldest too. I was the oldest, so I had to. I suppose uh, so you have to be the example. Yeah, and that's what I heard at least once a week. You have to set the example. So that oh was my God. mine. You're talking about your childhood trauma. That was mine. I know. <laughs> oh my yeah. God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> also, like, I'm the youngest, so I didn't get, I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. Whereas, like, you're the oldest, so you had, like, the fucking microscope on you, probably. Yeah, well, I would say my other siblings had similar. It was, you know, we all yeah. had, like, you need to do well in school. You need to go to college and get a degree. You need to yeah uh, uh, achieve all of these standards so that yeah whatever, you can have a good job and make money. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you are, like, a perfectionist now as well. Yeah. So I guess... But- that kind the, of thing shows i'm not saying it's a good thing because you put pressure on yourself which is hard yeah well you put pressure on yourself and you also fall into this belief that like nothing is good enough so yes you and that's horrible right right yeah exactly because you tried really fucking hard i did i'm sure you tried and, really hard all the time yeah and on top of that i was a third parent taking care of eight yeah. other children. So it was like, do Fuck well in school, that. do well in all aspects of life, and nothing was good enough. I'm really shocked you haven't driven a truck into people. Like, <laughs> fuck this. No, it's just gave me crippling self-doubt for a long time of Jesus. my life. <laughs> You're a really nice person for somebody who had to put up with that shit. <laughs> Everyone has shit in their lives. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, so he failed his entrance exams for university. Um, this is just so turned sure into a have... therapy session. Like, you're talking about your it always does. childhood rolling up <laughs> cigarettes for your dad. I'm talking about my crippling self-doubt. It was the 80s. Like, <laughs> of course it was fucked. Yeah. Um, so he failed his entrance exams for university, and then he decided to train as a mechanic. Okay. I bet his parents were probably disgusted with that. So, yeah. but through Why this, he got a temp doctor? job. Yeah. So through this, he got a temp job at an auto parts factory. Okay. But 
um, he was he was it was just a temporary job. So he was told that he wouldn't be needed at the end of the month, but that oh, wasn't shit. because he was bad. It, it was just because it was temp. So right. yeah, it wasn't because it wasn't because he was bad. But in two thousand six, so this jumps about a bit, but mm-hmm. this is important. So in two thousand six, when he was twenty two, he was depressed and deeply in debt, and he believed that his family had given up on him. So Cato tried to kill himself by driving his car into a wall, but he wasn't successful. Jeez, that's not a successful attempt. That's at a warning sign. But it's also like, <laughs> like Rachel, you're like, God, you can't even do that right. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, why, why would you choose that? Like, it, I know, you know, it's at not the worst, best. It's gonna cause disfigurement and or. Yeah, um, you're gonna fuck your legs up. Yeah, something like maiming. That. Yeah, and also you're already deeply in debt, so you're just gonna fuck your car up, right? And need a new car. <laughs> yeah, I true. don't think he didn't. He didn't think this through. Like oh. he's only 22. Like he's not thinking yeah. this through properly. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, on the fifth of June, just three days before the attack, Cato was at work and accused people of hiding his work clothes, and I kind of see how. I'm in no way defending him, obviously, sure. but I kind of see how his brain worked here because he like panicked and he left work immediately. Okay. And he thought because he couldn't find his uniform to start his shift, he was going to be fired. Okay. So he like just ran off. Understandable. Basically, which has been my reaction to a lot of things. Um, <laughs> if just I can't. Like once I went for a date and I went to open the door and I went to open it the wrong way. Like, you know, and it's like a push and you pull or whatever. I did that twice and I just ran. And I was like, if he saw me, I'd look like a stupid cunt. So I just ran. And then I just blocked him and never spoke to him ever again. Can you imagine that poor guy? I don't even know his name. I don't remember him. But I just, I thought I'd made a fool of myself at the date. So I just ran away. And... (laughs) Like, do you think, I totally understand that, but do you think, like, now, because if that had happened to me now, I would just make fun of it and be like, oh, I thought of it was Of course I would laugh. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, I'm such a dick, I couldn't open the door. Whereas, like, right. I was in my 20s and I was like, ah! <laughs> oh no, everyone thinks I'm an idiot. <laughs> I was like, he's definitely seen that, so you yeah. might as well just run off now. <laughs> it's, that's hilarious because there's a sketch show here called I Think You Should Leave, I don't know if you guys have right? it over there. And no. that happens in the sketch. <laughs> Someone guy... did see me, Rachel, when they wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying everyone does it at some point. But anyways, <laughs> this guy has a job interview in a cafe. <gasps> and at, die. as he's leaving, he pulls the door and it says push on it. And yeah. the the his potential boss is like, oh, you have to pull, not push, or whatever. Yeah. And he just continues to pull and pull, and that's what the sketch is. It just gets more and more intense as he's like staring. He's like, no, I was here last week, and it does both. And he's just to like oh, prove God. his point. He's pulling and pulling, and he's like drooling and staring intensely at the boss. Until he, like, cracks the door open, and that's it. Oh, my God. Just punches the glass. (laughs) He crawls out. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I'll show it to you when you're here. It's funny. 
That's like the opposite of my reaction. Yeah. Like he goes in harder. I just ran off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like two ends of the spectrum um, where you're like, you're going to prove yourself or you're just going to run away. <laughs> yeah. They're both embarrassing. Fight or flight. Yes. Both yes. embarrassing. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So he, he was like, fuck, somebody's hidden my work clothes. Okay. Which makes me think that maybe he got a bit bullied or something. Mm. To think someone's hidden it yeah. rather than like you forgot it or it was I don't misplaced. Know, someone's just taken it by accident. Yeah. yeah. Um right. so he seems like a bit paranoid. Um so his his workplace later said that, that would they wouldn't have cared. Like that wouldn't have been the case. They would have just given him some more clothes. Aww. But to be fair, after the fact you can say whatever you want. Yeah, that, that's that's so, very true. Yeah. And there was no need for this. So twenty minutes before the attack he posted on a website called Extreme Exchange Revised. Okay. Um, which I've never heard of. And he posted from his phone, revealing that he was going to murder people. Mm. So the first message read, I will kill people in Akihabara, have a vehicle crash, and if the vehicle becomes useless, I will use a knife. Wow. So he literally said exactly what he was going to do. Yeah. Um, others read, if only I had a girlfriend, I wouldn't have quit work. <gasps> Don't put all that pressure on a woman to yeah. fix all this your problems. This is basically problems. women's fault now. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. someone would just fuck me, I wouldn't have killed anyone. Yeah. How many times have we heard that? <laughs> He's basically an incel. Um, yeah. So I would never have become addicted to my mobile phone. Hmm. anybody with hope couldn't possibly understand how I feel and I don't have a single friend and I won't in the future. I'll be ignored because I'm ugly. I'm lower than trash because at least trash gets recycled. Okay. So his self-esteem is just shot to fuck, obviously. Yeah, but you also when you are... It's like he's blaming himself, but he's also blaming everyone around him. Like, oh, I can't get a girlfriend. Yeah. No one will be my friend. So. Yeah. It's like work on yourself. Then it might. Right. People might be your friend. Or yeah. Want to go accept, out with you. Accept yourself. Love yourself. Love yourself, KO. Don't yeah. do what you later did. He later said that he posted those messages hoping that someone would call the police and stop him. But okay. obviously it's just a forum. So everyone's I thinking okay you're a maniac i'm just gonna ignore right. you but again um, putting it on someone else to fix your problem yeah. rather than yeah, you you're just right going to seek help yes you are right he's like yeah someone should have stopped me no you should have stopped you yeah right yeah so he was witnessed stabbing a woman by the police and they had no other subject uh suspect the words rachel <laughs> suspects Subjects, subsister. I think we both need so, naps. <laughs> I really, I need a new mouth. So, <laughs> init initially, he was arrested on suspicion of attempted murder because they saw him stab a woman who later survived. Okay. So that was what they could hold him on initially. But then he was then held in custody on June the 10th at the police station in Tokyo. And then on the 20th of June, he was officially arrested for the seven murders and was sent for a psychiatric assessment. However, the Tokyo police believed he was completely capable of standing trial. They just wanted their case to be watertight against him. Okay, um, that makes sense. 
yeah so they were like we know that you're completely like fine but we if we don't have a psychological assessment then you could potentially just pop that out during your defense right. so yeah. um during during this time he was really cooperative but he was unapologetic and mm. he cried throughout the investigation mm. so i think you kind of nailed it when you're like he's just really like selfish and like it's everyone else's fault that i'm in this situation kind of how thing. old is he again um he's 25 okay so when they searched his house, they found a lot of knives along with their receipts and a club. The knives were bought two days before the attack from a military supply shop. Okay. Cato spent about 20 minutes in the shop. He also bought a baton, um, you know, like a police baton. That, yeah. Like, I don't even know if American people have, like, do American police have them? It's basically a stick that you just fucking hit people with. <laughs> yeah. I think the cops here have the one where you, like, pull it out. Oh, yeah. We can't, I think we have similar... Yeah, he bought that and he also bought a pair of leather gloves, which Why? is quite... Cl- that's clever because when you stab somebody, you yeah. if there's blood on your hand, you lose grip of the knife and it cuts your hand. Oh. But I leather gloves would that. stop that. Yeah. So I've never stabbed anyone, just to uh, reiterate. <laughs> no, that's actually <laughs> I know I seem like, like the type. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because... Do you ever think about like if somebody breaks into your house and you have to defend yourself? I, my automatic yeah. thing is like I'm going to run to the kitchen and grab a knife. It's interesting to think if you were ever going to use that as self-defense that that's what might happen. Yeah, because that's all why they always look for. Uh, if somebody has been stabbed, they always like check the local hospitals because mm. if somebody's come in with a wound on their hand, yeah, it's usually where a knife has slipped and stabbed them, like oh, sliced wow. their own hand, because um, the blood made it slippy. Yeah, um, duly noted. You're probably better with a bat. Yeah. So <laughs> again, haven't batted anyone to death <laughs> yet. <laughs> so yeah, it, this the CCTV from him in that shop showing him laughing with the salesman. And mm. making stabbing motions. Oh, so no. he seems okay. Um, police found his phone, but he had erased all the data just before the attack, including all of his contacts and and his numbers. And he said that was to stop him annoying people before he did it. <laughs> oh, what? He's I'm such sorry. a like fucking martyr, isn't he? <laughs> He's like, woe is me. Like, nobody yeah. likes me. Like, I'm not going to call anyone because I'll be annoying. Yeah, you fucking sound it. <laughs> so... Um, he also sold his computer the previous day to raise money to rent the truck. So he rented that truck. This, so this is definitely planned out that it's not like exactly he, it was a irrational like, oh, I'm going to get fired from work. I'm just going to hop in this truck and go for a drive. He planned it all yeah. out. Yeah, because earlier Carly was like, oh, what story are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm doing a thing about this Japanese guy. And he just went crazy. But actually... He didn't just go crazy, did he? No, he was He fucking this. bought knives pre-attack. Yeah. He was in the shop for like 20 minutes. He bought a pair of leather gloves. He erased all of his phone shit, sold his computer and got money and rent- had to rent a truck. Rented so, yeah, a truck. So yeah, he didn't just go in. He did not go insane. He filled out yeah. quite a bit of paperwork. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've never rented a car because it looks like too much trouble. It is. You have to like uh, go to the thing and... Hand over your license and uh, pay. Wait. <laughs> and wait. Yeah. Have a credit card that yeah. actually works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I was going to just look at Japan in general. Like, it's a very safe country. 
It's got a very low crime rate. So in 2011, I know these are quite old statistics, but they haven't really changed. Its intentional homicide rate was 0.3 per 100,000 people. While in, compare that to America, it's 4.7 per 100,000 people. Don't do it. You don't need to compare. Wait, this is maths again. No, it's a lot. (laughs) It's more than a, it's a, it's more than a hundred times right worse in america um this so and it's um the figures are similar in france and england like japan beats france and england by a country mile Mm -hmm. it's a hundred times safer um i would also i mean i'm gonna argue a little bit to that comparing it to america japan is a tiny tiny country compared to america so whatever is happening in America is going to be 10 times worse than a tiny country. You could argue that if it's a smaller country, it has less cities and crime rates are worse in cities. Yeah. But you could also argue that America has legal guns. Yeah. And uh, a lot more racial disparity. Yeah. There's like things that would affect those statistics. That's very true. I mean, all in all... Japan is a, is a safe country. And yeah. I was reading up on that as well. And it's because, like, um, their police... So we're allowed to keep somebody in a police station for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have any evidence and we can't charge them, we have to let them go. Yeah. Unless it's, true. like, extreme circumstances, then we can keep them for 48 hours. Right. But in Japan, they can keep you for 23 days and they're they're allowed to like they they just beat you like they're allowed to beat you up like they're allowed to do whatever so i think people think i ain't gonna get away with this no like generally yeah it's not worth it because i'm gonna get the shit kicked out of me in prison Yeah. (laughs) yeah the incident made headlines all over the world and it shook the confidence in the japanese public so they closed the road. The closing of the roads in that area on Sundays was reviewed after 35 years of being in action until they could review how safe that really was. Okay. Because by closing that road, they've just given you like a straight run through a public highway if you want it. Do you see what I mean? I suppose, but you can never, I mean, no matter what safety precaution you do anywhere, if there's some crazy guy who wants to drive a truck through a crowd of people, it's gonna, gonna happen. happen yeah yeah i mean that's kind of my like um that's my attitude but yeah but they felt like they needed to reassure yeah right the public so they that did everything they could right. um his parents his parents went on tv and public publicly apologized for their son's Aww. actions that doesn't often happen no but it is almost definitely a bit your fault so yeah Disturbingly, the massacre was live streamed on IBM's Ustream. Oh no! Have you heard of Ustream? I think so. Yeah, I've never heard of it. So I'm going to sound like a million years old now, but it's like a di- apparently it's a digital tool where you can create your own TV channel and people can interact back with you. So it's a bit like, oh, uh, what is that? Twitch is that? That's what gamers oh, yeah. use, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a bit like Twitch or like just a live stream basically or like youtube live or instagram live right so at its peak it had 10 million viewers per month um so it was really popular and 
The stream of the murders were watched by between one to 3,000 people. Wow. But luckily the recording was never saved. That's good. That is so lucky. Yeah. So um, the attack was labelled in the media as a growing ec- epidemic of kiriru, which means acts of rage committed by Tokyo's alienated youth. Mm. Others blamed otaku culture as the answer for this awful crime. Japan is traditionally family orientated and focused on hard work and community. Otaku culture is thought to be an offensive word because it refers to people who are obsessed with gaming, manga and other hobbies rather than their family. Okay. So, you know, like there was that story about those gamers that they went to a gaming cafe and they just left their baby and their baby died. Yeah. Like stuff like that. Like they're like... If you if you could just get involved in the real world again, because There's I a, feel like Japan. Well, yeah, maybe you're about to say what I was going to. Is in Japan, there's no like in between. It's like you're either yeah. family, hardworking. That's it. There's nothing like less or not less, but like you're looked down on if you're not achieving those things. I think like 700 years ago like it like it was very late that it happened to Japan fast didn't right. it they famously weren't invaded by anybody mm-hmm. and they had a like a feudal system until like 700 years ago they were like riding around on horses and like samurai and right very like traditional and then all of a sudden the world like hit them yeah and, and then world war 2 happened country just modernized or like overnight kind of thing yeah and they feel like it's ruined their culture which i kind of get but so it took three years for his trial to happen and the defense focused on the fact that he wasn't mentally stable while the prosecution said he was mentally competent prosecutors also pointed to his attempts to justify himself in response to the people who harassed him on a bulletin board branding his act as self-centered which is very true yeah. They said his unstable employment and he had an inferiority complex about his yep. appearance and his inability to find a girlfriend also led him to commit the crime. Again, stop blaming other people. Stop blaming women. I've, I've looked at him and he just looks like a nerd. He's just like <laughs> Millhouse nerd. Japanese Millhouse. Like But it does it doesn't matter what you look like. It's just like that doesn't mean that women don't oh, like you and that's what I've incels said it, use I've said it once I've said it again the mutants that I see that are married <laughs> the disgusting gross people I see and they've got a wedding ring on and I'm like oh my god there is just a lid for every pot <laughs> yeah you, again you just have to have a little bit of love for yourself if and somebody is going to accept you for you as a bloke all you have to be is funny <laughs> you don't even have to be good looking that's and someone true. will fuck you. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Learn a joke. If you're, if you're a woman, <laughs> you just have to be a woman. That's it. You just have to exist. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to be alive. Right. <laughs> Not even that sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> if you're Ted Bundy or. Yeah. Someone like fuck. that. Okay. Anyways. Okay. Anyway. Less of the fucking necrophilia. Yeah. I remember that word. Fine. that's not gone from my brain right so um unfortunately that's right in there so um kato told the court at the end of the trial now i think i should not have committed the incident and i regret why i've done 
I feel sorry for the victims and their families and the people injured. That sounds like a robot wrote that. Yeah, someone told you to say You've that. You've been told by you your lawyers to say sorry. Yeah. It's like, how do you say sorry? It's like, look, I'll just write it and you just read it out, okay? <laughs> Can you <laughs> proofread it? Thanks. Yeah. So he got the death sentence. Wow. Like, okay. In Asia, they don't fuck about. They'll they'll fucking kill your ass. So his death sentence was finalized, but they t- it took a long time. So it was February 2015 before it was finalized. Oh, wow. And the Supreme Court said in its ruling, I think this is obviously he's had loads of appeals and stuff because mm-hmm. it's like the Supreme Court yeah. said in its ruling that he was motivated by rage after being harassed on an internet forum he had become engrossed in. He is yet to hang for his crime. That's what they do in Japan. They hang you. Wow. And that is the story of Tomohiro Kato. So he's waiting to be hanged huh? still. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He's like 37 now, I think. Okay. Man, good story. I feel like it sounds familiar, but obviously I didn't know the details of it. There's just not that many crimes in Japan, is there? Like, when something happens, it is pretty big. It's intense. Because, again, this is what I was trying to say earlier about, like, when there's only one standard way that's accepted as living then so many people get suppressed. They suppressed all their different emotions mm-hmm. and feelings. And so, yeah, places like Japan, somebody will just go nuts and yeah. go on a they rampage. Yeah, and the, yeah. those are the news stories that we hear of because there's such a... And I think that happens in England sometimes too because you guys have a very like polite... Uh, Stiff upper lip. yeah. yeah. Definitely. I always think that Japan and and the UK are kind of similar in like how you your ways of life, I guess. Yeah, we have um a lot of tradition and a lot mm-hmm. of like ceremony and a lot right. of like there's a certain way that you do things. Like in Japan, like there's words that you call your elders and words that you call your friends, like Right. Your politeness. Like you both have uh, this yeah. standard of if you take the metro in England or if you take the metro in Japan, there's a standard of politeness. Like, don't look at the other person, don't make loud noise, don't like no. make this uncomfortable for everyone in- involved. Yeah, sit quietly. Yeah. Until you reach your destination <laughs> and then get up and then wait until anyone else wants to get up before you. Yeah. Or just get out the way. Right. Like, yeah, there yeah. is a. Yeah, and you'd sooner die than break those. Like it's the you'd sooner run away than push a door the wrong way. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah, I was gonna tell in you America this. it's so different. You're gonna be in someone's face about something. You're gonna prove oh. that you are the loudest person. It's my First Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to tell you um, about my counselling, right? Yeah. So yeah. I started this therapy and it's called Human Givens Therapy. Oh, and okay. And it's a new type of therapy that like, I've never heard of because I've done mm-hmm. like talking therapy and CBT, which is like cognitive behavioural therapy where you yeah. just basically like look at your thoughts and like you go, why do I think that thought? And then you sure. just try and think a more neutral thought. Like instead of I hate my body, you would think my body looks okay today. Like, Mm -hmm. and then the next day you would think, 
my legs look nice today or whatever. Like that's right. like CBT kind of thing. Right. Um, not that mine has ever been about my body because I think I've got a fucking banging body. But um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was about. <laughs> I was uh, I was like said to my uh, therapist. She was like, "When do you feel most anxious?" And I was like, "Probably when I'm in the office." And she was like, "What do you do when you're in the office to like unwind? Is there anything you do to like take a break?" And I was like, "Um." yeah, probably have a coffee. Like, I'll just get up and make a coffee. And she's like, and how many coffees do you have a day? I was like, probably about eight. And she was like, oh my maybe gosh. think about just having two. <laughs> and I was like, I've just paid you 90 pounds to tell me to drink less coffee. I mean, and I won't be as anxious. Yeah. Like, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You're not though. Do you, I, we were talking about this at work the other day. How many people go to the doctor and the doctor's like, you need to drink more water. We're not told to listen to our bodies. We're not taught. We're in our Western society are told to go to work. And that is the most important thing. Be a machine. Yeah, Yeah. Be a machine. We're not told to listen to our bodies when we're thirsty and we need to drink water. We're not told to learn that when we're anxious, we shouldn't have caffeine or we should have less (laughs) caffeine. (laughs) Like She was like eight cups of coffee. Yeah. And I've definitely been there too. She was like, maybe try some herbal tea. Yeah. Like, it's 90 true. pounds, Rachel. <laughs> oh, man. It's okay. You no, I'm sure. A, like... a lifelong lesson that will last you. You will remember that forever now. I really will. I paid for that dearly on so many levels, like yeah. metaphorically, literally. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, drink less coffee, people. Drink That'd more water. My... Drink less coffee. Drink less coffee. Listen to your body. <laughs> the end. Amen. Yeah, really, truly. I paid 90 quid for that. (laughs) On that note. Okay, bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Transatlantic Crime this week. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at TransatCrimePod, Instagram at Transatlantic Crime, and on Facebook with Transatlantic Crime Podcast. Thanks, bye. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha